Welcome to Unity of Tucson. When was the last time you watched The Wizard of Oz? Can you believe that it's, what, 85 or almost 90 years old now? It was released in 1939. And now I'm going to tell you there's a little bit of a joke in New Thought communities. Because at some point in every minister's career, they give what is called the Wizard of Oz talk. Right, Terry? <laughs> She's saying yes. And I thought, well, I've, in 12, this is my 12th year of ministry. I've never given the Wizard of Oz talk. And because you sang Over the Rainbow today, I'm giving the Wizard of Oz talk. So I'm going to talk about the Wizard of Oz today. <clears throat> because it is a deeply spiritual movie. It is a deeply spiritual movie. It is, it, there is so much metaphor in that movie, more metaphor than you probably even realize. So I'm going to tell you a little bit about some of the symbolism and the metaphor of that movie. And I want to be also very clear that the movie differs from the book. If you've ever read the book, there are, there are substantial differences. The one that always gets me is, the, is how the Tin Man came to be the Tin Man. You never hear about how the Tin Man came to be the Tin Man in the movie, but it's pretty graphic and awful. <laughs> Read the book. I'm not going to tell you about it. It's going to be too depressing. But I'm going to talk about, first of all, the places where it takes place, right? So we have Kansas, right in the middle of the country, Kansas, which represents the dimensional experience of life, the, 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 the experience of life that I think we can all look to and say it's a physical, tangible experience. It is the dimensional, lowercase r, reality. And it is all in black and white, right? It is devoid of the color that we can all bring to the experience and expression of life. Now, Oz is representing that dimension with the uppercase R, the infinite reality, where anything and everything is possible. It is a, it is a, it is a place of imagination. It is a place of wonder. And um, that's really what we find is beyond the rainbow, right? We see this rainbow, we think, what's out there? What is beyond that rainbow? And is it possible for me to have some of the experience of that rainbow in my life right here and right now? It is, absolutely. Thank you for saying yes. <laughs> We're going to talk about the beginnings of Kansas and, and where this movie starts. So you know the character of Miss Gulch? <laughs> Riding her bicycle with a very erect back. I love the character of Miss Gulch. Um, I think that she is quite misunderstood. I'm not saying that she should be uh, put forth as the hero. She's certainly not the hero. But she represents something very important. One of the things that we can get lost in in our own lives if, 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 we, are not, if we are not paying attention, and that is the capacity that is within us to let the law dominate without regard for love. That is a misplacement of faith. You know, we teach within the New Thought movement a balance of love and law. And if it is out of balance in either direction, 
Well, that is a misplacement. So, Miss Gulch is a representation of a weighted balance on the side of law without regard for love, and that, mispa this, that misplacement of faith leads to rigidity where nothing can be questioned. She wants that dog put to death because it's her right. You know that's what she, remember, she wants Toto put to death. Boo. <laughs> We're getting them ready for gaslight. <laughs> I will get to Toto, because Toto's a very important character. And I, want you to, and I want you to hear what I just said. She wants Toto put to death. Remember that I just said that, okay? Because something happens. There's this cyclone, right? And that is the upheaval. It is the catalyst. It is, the, it, is, it, is, it is a representation of our inner conflict. And it pushes us in a new direction. It is inviting us onto a journey of discovery. And there's an interesting thing that happens in the movie. I don't know if you notice, you know, Dorothy, I mean, she gets, the window blows and she get, passes out and then she wakes up and she's, I've always been intrigued by the fact that she never looks afraid. She just wakes up and, oh, well, this is perfectly normal. I'm going to go look out the window. And there's a cow going by. And there's, the, and there's Miss Gulch. And oh, no, Miss Gulch is turning into a witch. Ah! But it's important to remember that this, the spiritual journey, the journey of discovery, is not something that we need to fear, ever. We don't have to fear it. If we have a willingness to go with that spiritual journey of discovery, imagine the magnificence that we will find. All right. So, you know, the house lands. I know I'm telling you the whole movie. It's just what's going to happen. The house lands, and, um, and Dorothy picks up Toto, and she goes and she opens the door, and out they go into this wondrous land of color. Now, the reason I said, remember what I said about Toto. Miss Gulch, the rigid law, wanted to kill Toto. Toto is the name of Dorothy's dog, and it is a name that is not a mistake. Toto, in Latin, means wholeness. And so if you think about Miss Gulch wanting to put to death the construct and the concept of wholeness. That's what's happening there. Toto is the intuitive self. It is that connection that we have to the wholeness. It is the voice that we often find ourselves speaking to. You know, Dorothy, you know, Dorothy speaks to Toto a lot, most famously saying, I don't think we're in Kansas anymore. <laughs> And Toto, if you notice, is usually the one that discovers or reveals what is behind the curtain. Yes. If we have a willingness to follow the lead of our intuitive whole self, we will always find what is behind the curtain. He ex Toto exposes the wholeness, exposes the wizard as a fraud, and also is the guide that takes Dorothy away from the hot air balloon at the end, which seems like it's the thing that's going to bring her back to wholeness. But she was still following the wizard, right? The fraud. I'm going to take it back a minute, though. So she finds herself in Munchkinland. I love Munchkinland. Oh, by the way, I did a version of The Wizard of Oz when I was in grade 7. Um, <laughs> 
and uh, I played the scarecrow. It was awesome. We did it as a we did it as a. Um, I went to Utterback, which was the performing arts junior high school. And what we did is we didn't do the book and the music as you would recognize it. So um, we would take songs from other sources and we would incorporate them into the scenes. So as the Scarecrow, we, I, would, I sang, Standing on the corner, watching all the girls go by. <laughs> The irony is not lost on me. <laughs> but we're in Munchkinland right now. So Munchkinland is a representation of that inner child. Right? The inner child that is free of emotional baggage. I mean, you think about those munchkins, they're just living their magnificent, glorious, childlike life in a lot of ways. Um, but there's, they, they also have a darkness that hangs over them, right? That there's this witch that exists and, and, and has brought them into servitude. And what the witch represents, and I'm talking about the witch of the East right now, which is the one that's now under the house, Remember that? Okay, so the witch of the East represents the way we can find ourselves in servitude to dogma. That we can find ourselves in servitude to fear. And if we don't know who we are, if we don't grow beyond that, that will become the dominant factor in our life. And so Dorothy comes, the house lands on the wicked witch of the East, and the fear is eliminated. Ding dong, the witch is dead. And out from the north comes this pink bubblegum-looking thing, <laughs> floating down, and then it is Glinda, the divine spark. And it is the divine spark that initiates the journey of self-discovery for Dorothy. Dorothy, of course, being the representation of each and every one of us on our journey. She also helps interpret the journey at the end of Dorothy's journey. It's very, you know, there's a thing that happens. Glinda's there at the beginning of the journey and there at the end of the journey, but if the journey is something that Dorothy has to take on her own, just like the journey is something we all take on our own. The journey of self-discovery. And, and here's the other thing is, Glinda also represents that place where we don't have to be afraid I mean, she, boy, she confronts the Wicked Witch of the West when, she, when the Wicked Witch of the West shows up in Munchkinland. She says, be gone, right? We should all have that capacity to say, fear, be gone. Let it go. It's not a necessity in our experience or expression of life. And so Glinda invites Dorothy to follow the yellow brick road, which is the path of enlightenment. That path of enlightenment. And that path is the life journey for each and every one of us, I think. That part of what we are looking to do, especially if we're finding ourselves in, in communities like this, is find that light within ourselves. It's also why that candle, you know, I, the, the healing candle, we say, is a representation of that which is within you that requires the light. Because it's not always easy to see the light, but if you have a willingness to follow the yellow brick road, to be on that path of enlightenment, I guarantee you what you will find is your inner magnificence. Absolute inner magnificence. 
on the journey, Dorothy is given an article of clothing. Do you know what that article of clothing is? She's given shoes. She's given red shoes, ruby slippers, which was changed for the movie because they were doing it in Technicolor in 1939, and they wanted something that was going to be very dramatic against the yellow brick road. But in the book, they're actually silver slippers. Yeah. The silver slippers, changed to ruby for the movie, are a representation of the purity of the soul that we are all carrying into our journey of enlightenment. And as long as we wear and understand that purity of the soul, as long as Dorothy is wearing those ruby slippers or silver slippers in the book, she cannot be touched by contrary elements. She cannot be touched by fear. She cannot be touched by anything in the world of form that is contrary to the truth of her being. Remember when the witch goes up and she's like, I want those slippers. And she goes, and there's like lightning bolts. And it's like, oh, I can't get the slippers as long as you wear them, as long as you're alive. I can only take them off of you. It's, there's, there's, a lot of, like, there's a lot of death wanting to happen in this movie. And so the witch says, I'll get you, my pretty. <laughs> and you're a little dog, too. <laughs> and she disappears in smoke and flame. And, and then Dorothy sets off on her journey. And on the journey, she meets aspects of herself. Just as on our journey, we're always meeting aspects of ourself. She first comes upon the scarecrow, of course, who desires what? A brain. The scarecrow is the representation of that desire that we often have for wisdom. That we are looking to seek and to understand from an intellectual point of view, I think, first and foremost, which is how I came into the New Thought Movement. It was very intellectual. I'm like, I can read a book, I can learn this stuff, and I can change my life. Seeking wisdom, seeking a greater expression and, and accordance with intellect. And she takes the scarecrow on that journey with her so that, she, so that the scarecrow can get his brain. And then they come across the tin woodman who wants what? Well, what do we think that represents? Love. To find that deep inner love, not for anything out there first, but to find first that love right where we are. To find that intuitive knower. To find the love that is within. And so, we're looking for wisdom, we're looking for love, we're carrying it along with us on our journey. And then we find one of my favorite characters in all of cinematic history, the cowardly lion. The cowardly lion who seeks courage. Well, what do you know? That just happens to be the theme of this month. <laughs> I've been inviting us each week to deepen into some other avenue of courage, to step forth, to let go, to break down those walls that hold us back. And I so resonate, and I'm so grateful for what you brought today, Sandy, because you talked about the path. Sandy is always like, we're always, like, you know, you don't, we don't, we never coordinate. You always know. You always know. And I'm grateful for that. 
So the scarecrow, the tin woodman, and the lion, they all believe that they lack these things. They lack wisdom. They lack love. They lack courage. And that, what, 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 what that actually is a representation is of is letting our shadow selves dominate our experience and expression because, of course, as we think we lack those things, we project that as our outer expression and experience, and the people that we come into contact with meet us in exact accordance with that, and so then they begin to believe that we lack wisdom or we lack love or we lack courage. But what the journey is is to find that all along, where was it all? Right here. It was all right here. So they represent the shadow in us all, the collective shadow, which we are experiencing in a big way in this country and in this world right now. We are experiencing the illumination of the shadow. We are seeing the shadow to such a degree that we are being invited to do something about it. And the only way that we can do something about the collective shadow is to find that which is right here, the wisdom, the love, and the courage to step forth and say, I know who I am, and in knowing who I am, I refuse to accept anything less. But it is a call to each and every one of us to say, what is it we are projecting? How do we project ourselves, our inner understanding of self, our inner love, and our inner courage when we step forth through those doors into the world? Are we projecting the authentic self that is absolutely rooted in those aspects of the divine? Wisdom, love, courage, understanding, imagination, joy, peace, beauty? Or do we think we are something less than? That something less than often shows up in the most unexpected places. And along the journey of Dorothy, she's confronted by that in the expression of the Wicked Witch of the West who keeps showing up along the path, right? The Wicked Witch of the West is that lowercase sense of self that we seek to overcome. It is the inner saboteur. Anyone have an inner saboteur? (laughs) I have an inner saboteur. I'm ready to be done with it. And what ultimately eliminates the inner saboteur is purity. Because what eliminates the Wicked Witch of the West? Water, being washed. That eliminates that inner saboteur. And with all of this, there's also the archetype of the trickster in the expression of the wizard. The wizard is the trickster, right? And the trickster is a part of each and every one of us as well. It is that inner aspect within, it is that part of us that invites us into an erroneous belief that something out there will deliver us from the sense of unworthiness. And we believe that trickster as long as we believe the trickster. Now, Toto is, of course, I said before, wholeness. And Toto 
that wholeness, that intuitive knower, that intuition is the thing that reveals the wizard to be the trickster. It reveals the erroneous idea that is doing more harm in our lives than good. And even though the wizard is revealed, even though the wizard is revealed, there's still that part of us that wants to believe. And so what does Dorothy do? She believes that the wizard can get her back home, back to her sense of wholeness through that balloon ride. But that's still the trickster at work. That's still the trickster at work. So Toto, again, you know, she's in the balloon and holding Toto, and Toto hops out and says, I've got to get out of the balloon, and I've got to go find Toto. And then the balloon goes away, right? Floats away. How will I get home? Now, here's the thing. That, for me, is a representation that sometimes our lessons require repeated learning. Ugh. <laughs> you tricked me once. Shame on you. Tricked me twice. Shame on me. That's the repeated learning. And once we realize oh, I don't need, I didn't need that, because here comes Glinda. Here comes Glinda to remind us of the truth of who we are. So ultimately, The Wizard of Oz is a story about discovery, about a belief in self, about knowing that the power is within you all along, because it is you. You are the light. You are the life. You are that power. And here's the thing. It's great to come in here and have me tell you this every week, and I tell you this every single week. Right? Every week I come in and I tell you. Here's the issue. We can't just be told. We can't just be told. We learn this through the work, which is why it is important for me that we have established ourselves as a community that is committed to spiritual practice. Because as we put practice into our lives, as we put spiritual practice into our lives, we are committing ourselves to recognize more deeply the understanding that it was within us the whole time. Not just within us, it is us. Now, a major change that was made for the movie from the book is that in the movie, it was all a dream. In the book, it is a very real place. And then Frank Baum followed it up with like 14 other Oz novels. We have all of these archetypes at play in our lives all the time. That's the power of the story. You know, I love the work of Joseph Campbell, who invites us to recognize myth as archetype stories that are relatable. For me, this is a, I was going to say, it's a modern-day myth that's 85 years old, so it's not as modern anymore. But you know what another modern-day myth is that, that is playing with, with archetypes and invites us all to deeper understandings of our own being? Read Harry Potter. It's, you can find all these archetypes within that construct as well. And it's a reminder to me that we're constantly having to relearn this stuff. If we have the courage to dream beyond the lowercase reality sense of self, where might we find ourselves? Where might we find ourselves? Albert Einstein had this to say once. He said, if you want your children to be intelligent, 
read them fairy tales. And then he continued, if you want them to be more intelligent, read them more fairy tales. <laughs> this month, our affirmation is an invitation to be on that yellow brick road. I am undeterred and fearless in every aspect as I walk this path of life. Do you have the courage to step forth and follow the yellow brick road in your life? Do you have the courage to recognize your dream and achieve it because it is who you are? Do you have the courage? That's the question. That yellow brick road is a representation of that path of enlightenment, but it takes work. You have to follow the yellow brick road, not just look at it. You have to follow the yellow brick road. And the journey sometimes takes dark turns. That yellow brick road goes through some scary forests. But the question is, do you know who you are on that path? And if you do, then there is resilience on that path. And what you discover on the other side of the rainbow is your true self. Peace and blessings. You are magnificent. The homework this week, I should say, the homework this week is to go watch The Wizard of Oz. You get to decide if that's what you want to do. I'm probably going to watch The Wizard of Oz. Um, but I'm going to invite us all through being guided by those three archetypes, love, wisdom, and courage, to act upon any dream that we may have been sitting on. Knowing that if you are guided by love, wisdom, and courage, that whatever dream you are sitting on is absolutely achievable because it's the truth of who you are. So step out of your comfort zone. Let your soul be untethered. Move through any fear and reconcile the mind in an occasional perception of failure and do at least one thing this week in the direction of your dreams. That's the homework this week. Hi, this is Reverend Jonathan Zenz. And I want to thank you for listening to the podcast of my Sunday message. Your financial support will ensure that we can continue to offer this as an option for inspiration. You can make your tax-deductible contribution in any amount on our website, unitytucson.com. Once again, thank you for listening. You are magnificent. Namaste.